uh, sermon today is called The Darkest Night. We're kind of off of the uh, uh, series we've been on, Go and Be. Uh, kind of get off that for a couple of weeks for the, uh, for the uh, uh, Easter holidays. Uh, so we're going to, it's just a, this is something I'm going to, it's not really on Palm Sunday a whole lot. I don't, I don't always go where we're, other people go, I go where the Lord tells me to go. And we're going to read uh, some scripture about Palm Sunday, and this is a glorious day. Um, but before we get started, I got a joke. I had a joke last week. Uh, taxi driver. Last week was a taxi driver, too. I don't know what's going on with these taxi drivers. Is a taxi driver and a preacher, like last week. Now this time, though, the preacher gets in a taxi driver, they're like down in New York City somewhere, and, and they take off, and it's kind of quiet, and the preacher reaches up and taps the taxi driver on his shoulder, and the taxi driver just, I mean, just goes nuts. He just, the, the, the cab's going everywhere. It's going all over the place from one lane to the next. It's just going crazy, and the preacher's back shoving the back seat with his mouth wide open, just scared to death. And finally, this taxi driver, he comes up on the sidewalk, and he comes right close to going in through the window of a restaurant, and he stops. And the preacher says, I am so sorry. I scared you. And the taxi driver turned around and looked at him. He said, this is my first day on the job, and I've been driving a hearse for the last 20 years. <laughs> Some of you didn't get that one. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> The darkest night, you know, and then, uh, it was, everybody here, who was here, everybody here last week, was everybody here last week? If you didn't hear the sermon last week, you need to go to SoundCloud and listen to that. It was called Lifers, and it was a, uh, it was a, just a wonderful sermon by the Lord, and I just want you to go back and listen to that. Um, this week is the darkest nights, and, and, I, and I was thinking about this darkest nights title, and there was a couple of nights on, the, on this earth, on this planet that God created that were just extremely dark nights. There was, there was something going to take place that in each one of those nights that just made it so dark. Now, when the Jews, they celebrate Passover, which we've been in, going through the life of Moses quite a bit with this go and be thing. And so we're going to touch on that a little bit today. Because of the Passover, the Passover was about the same time as Easter. And the Passover was a, was a, was a dark night. There was, there was going to be many lives lost that night. And, and as, as we get through this sermon today, we'll understand how dark it was. But also, the night that Jesus was in the garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, that night was another. It was one of the darkest nights on the face of the earth. When, when our Lord and Savior was going to come to grips with what was going to take place, what he had planned from the time he created the world, from the time in the garden, this was always his plan. And even before then, this was always the plan. And I've been talking about a plan and a process and a purpose. And we're getting ready to see the purpose. The process had taken place. We're getting ready to see the purpose of why God created us. He loves us. And some of you sitting here, you, you, you haven't got a clue of the love that God has for us. And all I can tell you is, once you learn who God is in your life, and once you start to fall in love with God, His love just overflows us. Now, the world is, is, doesn't understand these things. They, they, they look at love in a different way. But as Christians, as people of God, and even as the Jewish people, they, they love God. They dedicate their lives to God. And this love just overflows. 
fills us. It just flows through us. And that's why we do the things we do. This love is not to be taken as something passive or something simple. It took God himself to die for us to enjoy this love. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, we thank you for this message. Lord, we thank you for all the children and, and Lord, for this time in the year that, that you have given us to reflect upon what you have done because of love. And Lord, I, I just I ask you to just take this church and, and, and bless it, Father, that we may truly, truly understand love. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Billy Graham, he, he, has a, he, had, he, had, he preached to more people in the world than anybody that's ever been on the world. And his message was, <clears throat> if you listen to his sermons and his crusades and all those things he did, it was always a message of love. It was always a message of what, of that gospel, of the truth of that gospel. And, and we, as we go through time and, and, and people act like the gospel is, is not really even true sometimes, or it's not even really like, it, like, it, like everybody thinks it is, it doesn't change. I can't, I can't tell you enough, it, only this world changes God's word does not change. His love is same today as it was in the garden. He still loves us with great passion. His plan will not change. His process will not change. And his purpose will not change. It won't. It's going to come out the way he intended it to happen. We can neither get on board and try to figure out what this love means. And sometimes it, it looks dark and sometimes it's hard especially as new Christians, until we come to the grips with our faith and our understanding who God is in our life, it's tough. But that's where the trust part comes in. We've got to trust God. This movie that I'm going to talk probably more about it next week, with the sermon next week, but uh, of The Case for Christ, it was, it was a man that was, it was an atheist that absolutely hated God. And his wife was saved. And he had to come to grips with that. He had to deal with that. And he did everything possible in his life to prove it wrong. And then he came down to the facts. And that's where the world, for whatever reason, we don't want to accept the facts of the Word of God. And once you accept the facts of the Word of God, you have a clear choice. But until that time, darkest nights. Can everybody stand for us? We're going to read... We're going to read John. I'm not preaching on this. We're just going to read this Palm Sunday, and I'll start. It says, the next day, a great multitude. Well, I got it. Y'all come up here and read it with me. Now, hey, you know, this is the funniest church. You guys are never in sync. I, I've been in some churches, and they'll read that, and it's like everybody's right on. You guys are like, you're like waves going through here. We're down. I don't have nothing. I got my Bible. You know. We're going to go to John chapter 12, verses 12 through 15. How are we doing up there, John? We're having glitches today.
George, you ready back there? The next day, a great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, verse 13, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna. Stop. <laughs> Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The King of Israel. Then Jesus went, he and he, go ahead, go ahead. Proud of y'all. You can sit down now. Now you're fine. Don't be fooled by the fools of darkness. Don't be fooled by the fools of darkness. There's a lot of, a lot of darkness in, in this age. The age we're in now, I, I tell you what, it just there's a lot of darkness in this age. And they're going to come after us. They're going to do everything they can. But you do not be, need to be fooled by the, by, the, by the fools of darkness. They are, they are in a different, different area in life than you are. If you belong to Jesus Christ, then you know what light is and you know what darkness is. Until that time, you've got a glimpse of light from time to time, but you don't know what it is. You don't know the love of it. You don't know the understanding of it. You don't know the purpose of it. And you don't know what it took for light to come on this world. And you'll always, they'll always try to fool us. They'll always try to darken our days. So don't be fooled by it. Go ahead, John. I'm not working up here. In Exodus 10, this is the ninth plague. And there's going to, there's going to be a, come a great darkness on the earth for a few days. And I'm giving you this to, to let you understand how God works. You know, God can do anything he wants. Isn't it amazing? There's nothing God can't do. Now, he's not going to go outside of his word. He's going to stick close to his word. He's going to be exactly of the word of truth. But there's nothing he can't do. He can take the sun and he can blot it out as long as he wants to. He can do whatever he wants. And the world says, well, no, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. You know, the Egyptians had a lot of gods. They had, they had gods of frogs. They had gods. They didn't kind of think you can think of they had a god for it. And what the, one of their main gods was a god called Ra, R-A. It was the sun god. I mean, the sun god. They worshiped the sun god. So God takes this plague, and he, he's going to blot out this sun. It says here, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Now, stop there. Now, Moses, this is the ninth plague. Moses has got his, his, his rod, which is called the rod of God. And he's been in front of the Pharaoh many times, and Pharaoh is always lying to him, because doesn't that what darkness does? It lies to you, doesn't it? Don't, don't go to that church. It, it don't make any sense. Then people, oh man, then people. That's what darkness does. It always manipulates and it always deceives and it always lies. And so for the ninth time, Moses has come in front of Pharaoh 
And it's going, he's, Pharaoh's going to lie to him again. But I'm going to tell you something. For Moses to stand there in front of Pharaoh, a man that could strike him down at any time, but he can't because God's hand is on Moses. Now, after eight times of, of plagues, wouldn't you think uh, the Pharaoh would just say, kill that guy? But he can't because God's in control. He's in control. And so Moses is going to come in front of Pharaoh with one of the, one of the hardest things that's going to happen to him until the 10th plague. And he's going to blot out the sun. Now, I'm going to tell you something. What I see here is a, is a wonderful faith. Amen? You've got to have faith. Moses is going to stand in front of Pharaoh and say, I'm going to blot this sun out. That takes enormous faith. That's like you going to Washington, D.C., going to the White House and saying, whoever's president, whoever's a congress, whatever it is, that God's going to do this certain thing and you're going to have the faith to stand there because you know it's going to happen. Amen? See, I know what God's going to do because he tells me in his book. I know it's going to take place. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand for, toward heaven, but there may, be dark, there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Darkness, which may even be felt. Okay, there's, two, there's a, like two different types of darkness. There's a darkness with the clouds or the dark of the moon and the night, but there's a darkness that even can be felt. Over in the, over in the Egypt, places like that, they have that sand. What do they call them? Sandstorms? And that's what we're looking at here, something that is so dark that it can even be felt, where the Egyptians are not even going to have the, can even come out of their houses. They are going to be stuck because God is God. Amen? They're not only going to get darkness and their sun God is going to be destroyed for the next three days. They can't worship They can't say anything to that God. Some of us have a lot of gods. You say, well, no, 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 yes, you do. Maybe not as Christians so much, but some of us have a lot. We have the, we have the God of, of self, which everybody has to control. Amen? You know, your biggest God is yourself. It really is. Once we can understand we have to have self-control over self and allow God to be the God of self, of us, and self doesn't take control, we do so much better with loving God. We have a God of, of need. I need this. I need that. And those needs can take place of the real, true God. We have a lot of gods, but we have one true God. And as Christians, we're going to have dark nights if we don't realize we have one true God, and we've got to let these other gods go. So as this darkness rolled over for the next three days, so Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was a thickness, darkness of the land of Egypt for three days. If God's people had missed the Passover, listen to me, if God's people had missed, and the Jewish people, Israel, the Hebrews, if the God's people had missed the Passover, the darkness would have consumed them. Everybody agree? It would have, it would have consumed them. You, you can't miss it. In Exodus 12, 5, five what, we're going to, we're going to, what we're going to do here today is we're going to, I've made this door many, many years ago, and people, a lot of people don't understand this door. It's a picture of Passover and Easter at the same time. And of course, the door is Jesus Christ. And so what I want to do today is bring you close to understanding the Passover and Easter, that one is the shadow of the other. It's a direct shadow of the other. It all points to Jesus Christ. 
The whole Bible from the beginning to the end will always point to Jesus Christ. It will give you shadows and, and shadows of him, oh, of God, all, of Jesus all over the place. Your lamb shall be without blemish. Now, who's that? That's Jesus Christ. And we've got a, a lamb here that's going to talk to about here, man. We've got a lamb or even a male. Or even a, a, it says, your lamb is without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And they shall take some of these, this blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. What's that blood all over that, all over the side, all over the top and all that? That's your lintel. That's what that represents. That's faith again. See, now, they just witnessed in the darkest times in Egypt with all, this, all the sky and the sun, everything blotted out, the sandstorms. But if we would have gone over a little farther in Scripture, you would have found out that the Egyptians had light. I mean, not the Egyptians, I mean, Israel had light. They still had light. None of the Egyptians did. Now, faith says, I've been a slave for 400 years, and that's what the Hebrews have been. Almost 430 years. And all these things have taken place, these, all these plagues. And now God's going to strike the firstborn dead of all the Egyptians. And if you don't do what he says, you're going with them. Your firstborn will die. Now, this is a dark night. As we go through this, your, hand, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. You know what faith says? Just do it. Amen? You, you think these people didn't have some doubt or anything, but they still did it. They saw the plagues. They saw the miracles of God. We see them too. We see them in our daily lives. We see them through other people. We see them through all sorts of ways. We see it through the, through the trees and the, the sun that comes up the exact same place every day. We see it, we just don't want to agree with it sometimes. So their faith, which is our faith, I have, even, even though I don't, I've never seen Jesus Christ, my faith says I'm going to follow the word of God. I'm going to follow the word of God. The people are going to follow Moses by faith. In verse 12, it says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. This is one of the darkest nights. Go ahead, please. This is one of the darkest nights of Egypt's, of Egypt's existence. It's also a, a picture of those left behind. You know, when God removes the church, whenever, whenever, whenever you believe, some people don't believe in the rapture, some people do, and then there's really, we can't prove anything. We just go by faith. I tend to want to believe the rapture. I tend to want to be a pre-rapture because I want out of here. When God removes the church, there's nothing left but darkness. When God takes his people out of Egypt, nothing is going to be left but darkness. This is, this is, this is a, an absolute horrible thing that's going to happen to Egypt. They, they have no idea of what's going to take place. 
He says, you shall take a bunch of hospice, uh, uh, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of this house until morning. God is the precise God. I tell you all the time how organized God is. He is a direct God, isn't he? He's not, he's not saying if you want to do it. He's giving you, and to go through the whole scriptures, we don't have time to do. You'll understand there are specific directions that God gives his people to do. And if you don't do it the way God tells us to do it, then what God says is going to happen is going to happen. These people, this night, you can imagine, and back then, they, when, they, when somebody died, it was a great mourning, it was a great cry. So you can imagine all of, as that, as that dark angel came through and started destroying the first barn, even the animals, even the first barn of the animals were going to be destroyed. You can imagine the cry of that darkness of night, the cries out to what's taking place. Pharaoh's first barn would be destroyed. The, one of the darkest nights on the face of the earth just taking place. But God's people are saved from it. Amen? Listen, the darkest night you have, God will pull you through it. Amen? You've got to understand that. This world, this country, this whole world right now, we don't know. We, rumors of wars and everything is crazy. We don't know what's going to take its place. No matter how dark it gets, no matter how dark it is out there, as the church, we have to be prepared to know that we're okay. My family's okay. I'm okay. The church is okay. It's under God's control. It's going to be okay. Amen? Don't let the darkness out there fool you into thinking that we're not going to be okay. We have a Savior. His name is Jesus. He has promised us that we have a place to go. 23 it says for the lord will pass through to strike the egyptians in which he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doors doorposts the lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your house to strike you if you miss the cross the darkness will consume you now this darkness is this is we're going to go to luke here in a minute and it's some of the most powerful verses in the bible this darkness, if you miss the cross, the darkness of hell will consume you for eternity. Those Egyptians that missed that Passover night, there was no hope for them. The Hebrews would rather, that next morning, millions would gather. There was over 600,000 men. There was probably anywhere from two to three million people would gather for the first time in 400 and some years to be free. Can you imagine the emotions of that? You've got the emotions of all of Egypt just losing their firstborn. The darkness of that. But then you've got all the emotions of people being freed from over 400 years of slavery. You have got what? Day and night. See, that, that, that's what we have still. We have day and night. There is no in-between. It's either with Jesus Christ or it's not with Jesus Christ. And if you keep believing the fools of darkness, that will consume your life. If, 
you miss the cross. If you miss the cross, the darkness will consume you. Next week, we call it risen Savior. Amen? And we're going to really get into that a lot next week. About the, I'm going to really just preach on the risen Savior next week, how important it is. All of Christianity hinges on the risen Savior. All of it. Now, this darkest night, as we go into Luke, go ahead, please. in the darkest nights that we often recognize the one true light, the Lamb of God. And a lot of people come to the Lord when, when they got a lot of issues going on in their life. There's nothing wrong with that. God uses everything, doesn't he? But the thing is, the, the thing is coming to the Lord. Coming to the Lord. I sat in that movie theater the other night with Vicki and we watched that movie and it was just an excellent movie. And I look around, and I, I see that it wasn't very many people in there. And that really saddened me, saddens me. As the church, as the church, we got to be excited about the risen Savior. Amen? I mean, we have to be excited about that. We know these dark nights have come upon this earth. We know the darkness overwhelms us a lot. But I know that tomorrow, I am still going to be the same Christian I am today. Maybe stronger in my faith. And I'm going to tell you that that angel that went through there that night and destroyed all the darkness, all those ones of the first barn, he also showed grace to everyone that did according to God's word. Amen? There was faith to put all the blood around there, and there was grace Allowing those people to live and set them free. That's faith and grace together again. And we know in Hebrews 2, chapter verses 8 and 9, we talked about by faith you have been saved through grace alone. Faith and grace. Go ahead, please. In Luke 22, 39 through 46. It's Jesus, and they just had the Last Supper. They've come through in Palm Sunday, and all the people spread out their coats and the palms and all that because Jesus came to town. He just... He just raised Lazarus from the dead, and his, his name is being mentioned everywhere. I mean, he just raised Lazarus after he was dead for several days out of a tomb, wrapped up in the, in the, in the burial clothes, even smelling like death. And the whole, whole Jerusalem is talking about it. And he comes through there, and he gets on this colt, and it's, it's prophecy, and they know it. Coming through that east gate is prophecy taking place. He says... Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives. And this is the Last Supper. This is on a, on a Thursday night. They just had the Last Supper. Jesus is explaining to him, as he's done many times, what's going to take place. And many of you know this scripture, but many of you don't really know the impact of it. It was a dark night. Jesus, the Son of God, was going to get on his knees and pray to the Father. Because he knew what was going to take place. He knew the brutality of man. He knew the pain and anguish he was going to go through. He knew it. But he also knew he loved us. You know, we, a lot of us go through a lot of things in our life. We don't understand it all. 
And it, sometimes it confuses us. But if we trust in God through those things, believe in his promises, we'll grow through them. Jesus was going to trust in his Father. He was God with skin, flesh on. He was 100% God. He's 100% man. And this night was going to be a dark night. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives. He just had a wonderful meal with his friends, his disciples, as he was accustomed. And his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, they said to him, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And I thought at the end there it says, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Now Jesus knows what's going to take place. He knows. And he knows what they're going to do, but he's still telling them to pray. To pray. Pray that you may not enter into temptation. Can you imagine the, the mood? And they just had a wonderful meal. But yet the mood is going to turn to the darkest times on earth. Between these next 12 hours or how many hours it was, it was going to be the darkest time on earth. In verse 41 it says, And as he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and I don't know how far that is. I, some people throw stones farther than others, but it was far enough away. He knelt down and prayed. In the darkest nights, if you're not kneeling down and praying, then you're going to be fooled by the darkness. Jesus had to kneel down and pray. He was going to be tempted. He could have done anything he wanted to do. He was God. God in flesh. He knew the hatred. He knew all those people that, that came out to meet him on Palm Sunday. Somehow they were all just going to disappear. He was going to be left alone between him and the brutality of man. But his father was with him. And he gained strength from that. Verse 30, 42, it says, saying, Father, Father, if it is your will. This teaches us how to pray. Father, if it is your will, not my will. If it is your will, take this cup away from me. Do you think Jesus meant that? He knew what was going. Do you think he knew how many lashes he was going to get the next day? I, I got the movie The Passion up here, and if you haven't seen The Passion, you're welcome to take us home. Just please bring it back to me. It was about. It was brought out in 2004. It gives you some glimpse of the pain and the agony that he went through. And he knew how many slashes he was going to get that next day. He knew. He knew how many times they were going to spit on him. He knew they were going to pound the crowns into his head. He knew it. He knew it because he's God. In fact, he planned it. That we can see how much he loves us. Not that we can say, well, he's God, he can handle the pain. Because he was human too. It's to show us the love he has for his creation. Wow, what, that's the God that I serve. That's the God that I love. That's the God that loves me back. 
saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven. What appeared to him? Everybody tell me. What does Jesus tell us? He's never going to give us more. God tells us he's never going to give us more than we want. He can handle it. Jesus needed this. And I'm telling you, some of, the, some of the darkest things in my life, if I would keep my eyes open and I'm praying to God, I can always see the light. Amen? I can always see the light. God seems to always bring it to me at the moment I need it the most. He's not a God that turns his back on us. He's a God that loves us, and he knows these things that we're going to go through. And he'll send the light to strengthen us, to encourage us to keep going. Did Jesus need encouragement? You bet he did. And if Jesus needed encouragement, don't you need encouragement? Don't you need, and, and when it's the darkest night, don't you think that's when you need encouragement? Maybe the, the, the worst in your life is that darkest night. And whatever that darkest night may be for you, I don't know. It could be losing a loved one. We lost Ann this last week. He already had a dark night. His son and his daughter, they had dark nights. A lot of us have had those dark nights. But it's knowing that God loves us. Even in the darkness. And those dark nights come because of evil. Because of sin. They don't come because of God. Quit blaming God for these dark nights. They come because of sin. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven. Strengthening him. And, in, and being in agony. What was Jesus in? What does darkness bring to you? Agony. We, we relate. We have this relationship with Jesus because we can relate to him. Now, I never saw Jesus, but many people saw him. It's written down in factual truth. It, the Bible is what we have. It's the oldest book we have. There's more manuscripts written down about the New Testament than anything in the past. Just whether or not you want to believe it or not. Men, 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 and women, women, women have tried to discourage us, have tried to lie to us, have tried to distort this, have tried to say it wasn't real, and they cannot do it because there are facts and truth that we can't get past. You can ignore them. You can live your life however you want to. It will not change the outcome. Then an angel appeared to him and from heaven strengthening him and being in agony he prayed what's that word more earnestly I've done this before in the church and I'll try to do it again it's 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 something very passionate it's something of the dark night that Jesus is not just scared He understands what must happen. Father. Father. 
I just want you to think about this, this dark night and what he knows is getting ready to take place. He cries out, Father. He's on his knees. He's on his knees in the darkest night that the earth has ever seen. And God himself is crying out to the Father in heaven. Father! It's not, Father, what's going on? Dark night, I know what's going to happen. Everything's going to be good in the end. See, this, this is something that really took place. We can relate with fear. We can relate with this man of God because he is God. Father, if it is your will, because Jesus, he didn't want to, he was being tempted. He knew what had to take place. But temptation always comes in and says, I can overcome it. But he didn't allow that to happen. He said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. In 44 it says, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of what? Blood falling down to the ground. I've never sweated like that. None of us have. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping. It says the word from sorrow. It seems like I've missed that word sorrow for many years. They understood what was taking place. They understood, and, and sorrow would come over them. They may not have understood it like Jesus understood it, but sorrow, and sorrow pushes out adrenaline. Adrenaline makes us tired when it's done. The sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground, the darkest night on the planet Earth. When he rose up and from the prayer and had come to the disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Go ahead, John. I don't know what your darkest nights are, but I know the two darkest nights on Earth have taken place. There's going to be another time when the church is removed either when Jesus comes back on the second coming or rapture or whatever, however you want to understand that. The world is going to be dark when we're gone. Egypt turned darker. When the church is removed, when you remove yourself from somebody, that person will get darker and darker and the fullness of the darkness will continue to overwhelm them. I want you to know something. You are hope for people. Amen? Because hope comes from Jesus Christ. You are the hope of the world. You are the church. You are the hope of the world. You're a hope for the one that is falling for the gods of addiction and of the gods of this and the gods of that. You're hope for the world. And if we can't give hope and encouragement out to the world, who will? The fools of darkness. They'll do it through many, many different ways. 
We are the hope. Next Sunday's Easter, and we're going to talk about the risen Savior. I can have hope beyond anything because of the risen Savior. Amen? The risen Savior. The city had no need of the sun. This is out of Revelation 21, 23. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Amen? You may have a dark night, but if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, he's your light. Get past the darkest nights. Come to the light of Christ. He is the Lamb of God. As in the Passover, by faith and grace they were saved. As in today, through the cross of Jesus Christ, by faith and grace we are saved. Amen? By faith and grace we are saved. There is no other way. The Jews missed it. And how all that's going to end up in the end, I don't know. But God loves them. Amen? He loves them with great passion. And he loves us. Please be the hope for the world. Let's stand. Challenge for your week. Everybody read that for me. Do not allow, do not allow the fools of darkness to cloud the light of Jesus from you. You have a choice. Every single day we have a choice. Our choice is to get up in the mornings, to die to self, to allow Jesus Christ to be the king of our lives. And because he is a risen savior, he can. Some of you don't know this love. I know it. You're not, you're not understanding it. Step one. Step one. Pray. Ask Jesus to enlighten your heart to who he is in your life. And when that starts to take place, step two. Ask him to come into your life. To be the Lord of your life. That you know you need him as a savior. That you know that darkness has fooled you long enough. You've been through a lot of dark nights. You've been through darkest times. And you're done with it. You're ready to surrender your life. Three, accept it. Accept his love in your life. And become who he has called you to be. Amen? One, two, three. One, two, three. Pray. Ask. Accept. He'll come. He'll take your life into a different direction. He'll change you. If there is no change, there is no change. How do you tell a Christian from a non-Christian? It says we'll know each other by our fruit. Part of that fruit is the changing. I'm telling you, there has to be a change. One of the things that Lee Struggle had in that movie last night was that he was complaining because his wife had changed. She wasn't the woman he married. He wanted the old woman back. And he gave her all kinds of trouble. See, there is a change in your life. Because you're not in darkness, you're in the light. You've 
gone from the darkest times of your life for the rest of eternity. You're in the light. Whether there's a moon or a sun, it doesn't matter. You're in the light. Amen? That's, that's where I'm at. I'm in the light of Christ. Amen? I'm going to open up these tables. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you're welcome at the tables. If you are saved through faith and grace, you're welcome at these tables. If you're not, please don't. And if you want me to explain that to you later why, I can tell you. But if you are, come and enjoy the Lord's day. Amen? And I want you to have go out this week. I want you to have a wonderful week. It's Passion Week. Be passionate about this week. Be passionate about it. I'm saved from the darkness of this world, from all the fools of this world. I am saved. I'm going to heaven for eternity. If we can't get excited about that, nobody else is going to get excited about it. I'm going home. Amen? Everybody say, I'm going home. Someday I'm going home. I don't want all of you there with me. Amen? Let's stand. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, we thank you, Father, for Passover. We thank you for the cross. We thank you that they, they go together. And Father, we ask you to bless this morning, Father. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.